listening to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, where women who are ready to expand their life adventure discover the tools to stop playing small and tap into the courage required to enjoy their Second Wind. Welcome. Welcome to Second Wind today. This has been a wild ride. Who can say their life has not been turned upside down? And certainly in Texas, where I'm talking today, we have experienced over the last week an absolute shocker. Everything shut down. Everything. (laughs) Today I was washing out my pipes because my water, the water was been compromised. So, you know, There's a lot that's been going on next week, and I think it's just made us far more adaptable to change. Don't you? What do you think? How has your life changed, or has it changed? Maybe you've been one of those lucky ones that's just zoomed on through this, and that is a good thing. But for a lot of my friends in Texas, it has been a wild ride. But I'm today is a new day. The sun is out. The snow is gone. The ice is gone. My water's going. My internet's going. My heat is on. And I'm happy to be talking to our guest today, who is Kathy Klein. And Kathy and I have had such an experience in just trying to connect ourselves over this so that we could talk today on this podcast that we're just going to have a wonderful show because we're exploring each other at the same time you are listening to us today. So, Kathy, I am delighted to hear from you because I'm so excited about your topic. I'm of the Medicare generation. (laughs) So, When you say Medicare and all of that, I just, my roll, my eyes roll back in my head and I kind of go, okay, the the huge cloud that's called Medicare. (laughs) And I think a lot of us kind of address that. But if if you don't mind, just kind of bring us up to Kathy, Kathy, her life and how she got to where she is because you're a successful podcast host, you have a great business going, and you're doing a wonderful service for so many people out there. So kind of give us that, fill us in a little bit on you, if you don't mind. Well, first of all, thank you, Joyce, so much for having me on your show. Mm-hmm. This, I, and I'm sure this is going to be a wonderful experience, regardless of how difficult it was for us to connect. Sometimes things just happen. But, yeah. you know, that's that's what happens in life. You know, yeah. sometimes we have little speed bumps that, ma- you know, it, it makes our life what it is. And it's really how we choose to deal with those little bumps that makes our life what it is. It's not right. the bumps themselves, really. <laughs> but yes, I um, I pivoted. I I had a very successful financial planning practice, mm. and and I was a financial advisor for I don't know. Uh, I started in 1990, mm-hmm. and my I don't know which path you want me to talk about because I do have the podcast that I can talk about, and then I can also talk about how I wound up. Um, retiring from financial advice and just focusing on Medicare. Uh, but well, but I'll give well, you, go, go ahead. Yeah. Why did you find, why did you make that pivot in your history where you were working in a successful area, but you must have found a need 
that that spoke to you? Well, I don't know how many of your listeners are near 65 or over 65, but my husband and I, there's a big age difference between the two of us. It's 20 years. And when he turned 65, Mm -hmm. he got what I call Medicare mail, the four inch stack or higher of everybody and their cousin sending Uh them information about Medicare. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. So, so it's crazy. In fact, I think I'm going to start having some kind of contest with everyone sending their pictures of all their Medicare mail piled up and I'll have like a drawing every, every month and give away something. But but that's a great idea. So he Put got a little this fun set. twist to Medicare. I know, I know. It's like, uh, send me your Medicare. Not, the, I don't want the mail, just a picture of it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so he got this four-inch stack of Medicare mail, and he asked me, hey, honey, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, I've got a degree in financial services, been working as a financial advisor at the time for 20 years. Uh-huh. And I knew a little bit about Medicare, but I said, look, just, just, call somebody who does Medicare and um, get enrolled. That's all I knew. And so he did all this research. My husband's an engineer Mm -hmm. and you know how engineers are. Uh (laughs) So he knew what he wanted. He'd done all this research, figured out what he wanted and called the first, he reached into the bottom of the pile and called the first guy who'd sent him a a postcard or letter or whatever. Uh Mm-hmm. So the guy came to our house. Of course, this was pre-COVID. The guy mm-hmm. came to our house and signed my husband up for a Medicare supplement plan. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the conversation said, do you take any medications? And my husband said, no. And the guy said, well, you don't need any, you don't need a drug plan then. And the guy left. And we never <laughs> heard from him again. Exactly. Yeah. I hear you gasp. So you know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And that is, okay, so five years later, four mm-hmm. and a half years later, I'm at my dad's house and my dad has Parkinson's, or my dad, he has since passed away, but Mm. he had Parkinson's disease and he took all these medications. Yes. And I'm looking at these meds and being a financial advisor and just kind of a bold person, I look at my stepmother and I say, my goodness, how much do all these medications cost? (laughs) I have no shame. I just come right and talk about money. Well, hmm. she said, well, you know, we have this really good state plan, but if I, if we didn't have this plan through, through my retiree, uh, you know, state, I, I think it would probably cost us about 5,000 a month. And I, and hmm. I about fell on the floor hmm. and my mind goes to myself selfishly. And yes, I'm thinking, well, we have done a great financial plan. But I did not uh, set aside $60,000 a year for medications. That yes. just was not in my budget. And so I, I said, we got to get home. We got to sign you up for a plan. Mm-hmm. And so then that's when I found out that we couldn't sign him up for a plan because it was like March mm-hmm. and the annual election period. You, you can't enroll, blah, blah, blah. And then I found out that there was this penalty building up. And the penalty was 1% for every month that he hadn't been on the plan. Well, this was like five years. <gasps> oh, my and gosh. 
the cheapest plan in San Diego where we lived at the time was like $16 a month. So I did some math and I'm like, oh, it's not too bad, five, $6 a month. Well, I didn't realize it wasn't a penalty on the plan you purchase. It was the penalty on, it's a technical term, but basically it means the national average uh, oh. plan. And we now pay more in penalties than we do for the plan itself. And he's on a $7 and something cent plan. Oh my gosh. And I mean, I think his penalty is somewhere around $35 a month, which is crazy since he still really doesn't take uh, a lot of medicine. Well, the meds he take are really inexpensive, but if he goes on a plan, uh, my, my husband has stage four cancer and Mm -hmm. that he's been fighting for several years and he's in very, I know this sounds weird. He's in very good health. <laughs> no, I know. He's doing okay. I, I know people like that. <laughs> yes. So he's doing okay. But he, um, there is this medication that he might be prescribed. And if he is prescribed it, uh-huh. then our cost will be 10000 a year. Oh, that yeah. our cost. Yeah. And so that is what got me started on Medicare. So I'm like, this is crazy. Why didn't I, this guy tell us about this penalty? Mm-hmm. And so I started doing all this research. Well, I found it super confusing because mostly because of the terminology, like there's a plan A, but there's a plan, I'm sorry, there's a part A, but there's a plan A and they're two different things. Yeah, right. There's a plan B, there's a part B, there's a plan D, there's a part D, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I was super confused because I wasn't really understanding that plan and part isn't the same thing. Yes. And yeah. I thought, well, gosh, I'm a financial advisor. I've got a lot of clients who are getting up there, you know, in that in that age group. If I'm confused, how confused are they? Because I've got a degree in finance and I deal with this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. And then I started, I, you know, it started making me mad because <laughs> I figured was I started um really looking at this Medicare stuff. And I figured that there's two types of Medicare insurance agents, the type that dealt with my husband where they really only sell Medicare supplement and the other, the type that deal with Medicare Advantage. Mm -hmm. And these are two different, completely different things. I think that the rules should be changed so that the, the people who only deal with Medicare supplement plans should have to go through the same training that the people who go through Medicare Advantage plans have to go through. And they don't. And so that's why you wind up with people pushing. And you, if the, the insurance agents that sell Medicare Advantage, and these mm-hmm. are the plans that many times cost a zero premium, they actually make more money than the people who sell Medicare Supplement. So oh. you can pay zero for your plan and that insurance agent can make literally double than the person who sold you a plan where you're paying 150 bucks a month for. Oh. So anyway, that was a long answer to your short question, but that's how I wound up with Medicare and um, with working with Medicare. And then the podcast uh-huh. was just fun. And it, it has grown and grown and grown beyond my wildest expectations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm... Well, that's news to me, you know, because I did go to my insurance agent and said, okay, now what do I do? And so I guess I'm paying one of those higher prices. 
But, but I, you know, because I, I didn't know. That's the place I knew to go. I, so most anyway. people don't know. You know, yeah. and there's, there's not that many insurance agents that specialize in Medicare. I mean, when my husband turned 65, I had a, I had a, a insurance license. I could have sold him the same plan that he bought through the agent that sold it to him. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But yeah. I didn't feel that I knew enough. It turns out the guy that sold it to him didn't know enough either. <laughs> I'm glad that the person that sold you your plan hopefully knew enough. Yeah, so. uh, I feel pretty good. You know, I mean, it's not I'm not paying exorbitant, exorbitant, but at the same time, she she knew it all. So she knew where well, you need this, but then you'll also need this for med- medicine. And yeah. I guess I've been on it for a few years <laughs> need we say more well <laughs> you are, your husband and I could probably have a good conversation <laughs> about the old times <laughs> well for your listeners if if anybody wants to learn about medicare mm-hmm. i have a free course they can take and just oh. go to, yeah just go to medicarequick.com/class c l a s s and you just put in your email address, and you have access to all the videos. So oh, my gosh. Meta, what, say it again. It's Medicare Quick. So that's spelled the normal way, not the fancy way. It's Q-U-I-C-K. So the word MedicareQuick.com. And then you put in a slash and then C-L-A-S-S, like I want to take your class. Oh, yes. Oh, good. I think I'll be one of those students. Oh, well, okay. Tell me what you think. It's nothing fancy. You know, it's well, nothing I, I listen, didn't pay, you know, thousands of dollars to have this produced. <laughs> uh, uh, well, th- it's just such a web to follow in. It's the government. So there you go. You know, there seems to be a web. So I can imagine that if I was a one of your clients is a financial that they must have hated to see you change career paths, but you're still kind of in it, but you, do you not work with any of those financial investors anymore? I guess, huh? No. What happened? So, so I, in 2014 was when all this happened. And then in 2015, I started actually offering Medicare services to people. Mm -hmm. Medicare, not services, but, you know, insurance. Yes. yes. Oh, and yes. In 2015, I stopped taking new clients mm. and I let, I had over 2,000 clients. Mm-hmm. And so I, I let them know that I was going to stop. I, I, I was a financial advisor that did both fee and commissionable products. So okay. I was helping people with, um, with things that they had purchased through their jobs, you know, their 401k plans and 403bs and all that. And so in 2015, I stopped all that. And I said, okay, I'm not going to be working on commission anymore. If you want to work with me, I'm fee, you know, this is what my fee is and let me know. And I wound up from the, and there was also people that weren't really appropriate. I had a lot of clients that had just small amounts of money with me, you know, $20,000, 30,000. It really doesn't pay a fee financial advisor to help you if, if you have that small of an amount. Right. And so I wound up with about 20, 30 clients. And 
helped them. And then last year, you know, when my husband was diagnosed, mm-hmm. my I really started thinking about my life. Okay, what do I want my life to look like? Yeah. And then we moved from California to South Carol- Carolina. Yeah. And then after the move, I made the decision that I really wanted to spend more time with my husband. And going from Medicare to financial planning, it was a lot of a switch in my head when I, when I would have to switch my thought process. Mm-hmm. So, okay, mm-hmm. well, now I'm doing this. And it was becoming t- too much. And so I made the decision that as of a particular date, I was going to retire. And that date was 12-31-2020. Okay. And I decided that in 2019. And I kept wanting to tell my clients, but there just wasn't really a good time. Mm-hmm. And so then finally... Uh, I let people know in, I think it was February or March. Mm-hmm. And then of course the whole stock market just collapsed right. because of COVID and it didn't collapse for forever, but it did collapse for what a month. Mm-hmm. And I had some very <clears throat> nervous clients and it wasn't a good time for me to be leaving, but I told them, I said, look, I will still be your advisor. I will help you transition. If you Mm -hmm. have any questions, anything, I will be here for you. You can have my cell phone number even after I retire. Because most of these people I've been working with for 20 years. Oh. And and I considered them to be friends. Right. And so I helped all of them make the transition. Mm -hmm. And um, only one of them really move their money against my advice out of the mm-hmm. stock market during that time period. And I'm sure he's just really regretting it now. Right. But, yeah. um, but yeah, it was tough. It was, it was tough to make that transition, but I really needed to do that for my own mental sanity. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so how many of your uh, clients were women versus men, female, male? The majority of my clients were women. That's, that's most of my listeners. I'm thinking there may be a few men, but most of my listeners are women that I believe have gone through a transition. That transition may be loss of marriage through divorce, loss of husband, but loss. And it made them step up to an area that they are totally uncomfortable in. Most of them, I can't say totally, nothing's complete, but I would say it's a new area for many of my listeners. So, you know, what I really like about your history is that you were there for women. And did you have women that had gone through such transitions that they really needed your help just to get their feet on the ground again? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, even today, so, so things are changing for women. Yes. You know, but thank goodness. I'm of an age, I'm 55. Mm -hmm. I'm of an age, you're of an age. You know, we we didn't have the same advantages. When I first became a financial advisor, I was literally like I would go to company events and there would be three of us out of a hundred. Yeah. There was there was an event that I used to go to that had thousands of people, thousands, and -hmm. it was called Million Dollar Roundtable. And basically it's an event for um, people who either sell insurance or annuities or, you know, things like that, which I did mm-hmm. way back then. Mm-hmm. And there would be five or 10,000 people 
and 10 women. Like we stuck out like a Thor's, you know, like yeah. we really stuck out. Yeah. And people would think that, you know, when, when we would go to other events, people would think that we were the spouse. <laughs> That's true. Yes, and it was, course. it was very annoying, you know, to uh-huh. me. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I just always, I guess, attracted women because when they would come in and even the women that would come in with their husbands, I noticed that men, now they call it mansplaining. Have you ever heard that term? No. Mansplaining. I I just always felt that the men looked, just kind of treated the women differently than they did their, their husbands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, they would always look at the man, even if it's the woman, like I would come in and I would be buying a car. Mm-hmm. And the salesperson would talk to my husband. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hello, I'm the one buying the car. He's just here. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's dressing. <laughs> exactly. Dressing. He's my arm candy. Okay. I'm the yeah. one talking. I'm, yeah. I'm the one going to buy this car. So I just always felt that it was important, regardless of whether it was a couple that came in, to pay attention to the woman. Because first of all, the woman, a lot of times had the decision power anyway if you mm-hmm. if you I don't know about you but I if I went and talked to somebody let's say we went to an event and there's a salesperson there trying to sell us something and he does all the talking with my husband mm-hmm. my husband's going to say let me think about it and then he's going to come home he's going to talk to me and I'm going to say I didn't like that guy yeah you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. but yes I I did have a lot of clients who, especially when I had the 2000, you know, the 2,600 clients, uh-huh. a lot of them were either divorced or widowed, mm-hmm. or some of them even had chosen to remain single. I remember way back early in my career, there was one client that I felt close to and she adopted a child. And mm-hmm. this was before it was cool to do so. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, now you see lots of single women yeah. adopt children, but she, she, this was probably 1995. Right. Yeah. And, uh, they, it's funny, the women that are growing that are up and coming now, they're like, Oh, I can't even imagine <laughs> our, life, our life was so much different back then. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, we were, I I'm speaking for myself. I mean, I just totally thought my husband knew everything. And I just, I never went to any of those meetings. I know that sounds weird, but uh, I never sat in on a professional investing meeting while I was married at all. And then all of a sudden I became divorced and I was sitting in my own meeting with a previous investor that had helped both of us without knowing it. But um, I was like, Oh, okay. Whatever. It was terrible. I had such a learning curve. I'm there. I've I've even gotten my voice back as you could tell. But uh it was it's just quite an uphill battle for most women at, and my age and I'm 75. So, you know, I'm kind of like this is so good that our younger women are feeling much more empowered, much more. Now, the women my age are still struggling. They're still struggling. 
they're, I, I look at them and I go, oh no, in my small town, you know, I'm looking at my peers here and I'm going, oh my, we're still, <laughs> oh my. And so um, I usually hang out with younger women. <laughs> you know, well, it's just, it's, they're it's different. For, they're well, different. Right, because they were raised differently. It's tough. Yes. I would say that the women in your, you know, you said you were 75. Mm-hmm. The, the majority of women that I know that are 75, they've either been in super long-term marriages, they're yep. widows, yep. or they're divorced. Mm-hmm. And if you're a widow or divorced and your your husband took care of everything, because that's what they did back then. That's it. I mean, you probably couldn't even get a credit card or a house in your own name at one time, right? Back in the 60s. No, there because was... I, no, I started work. Well, if she never worked outside of the home or had a career before she got married, but I had all that because I mm. had that before. But if that's she got right. married out of high school or college, chances are she may not have had it. You're right. Yeah, that's right. And so they never dealt with money. And then all of a sudden they're alone mm-hmm. and they have no idea. I mean, right. it. I feel really badly for some of these women. And it's it's not impossible to learn these things at an older age, but it's certainly more difficult because you have your whole history of doing things a different way, you know, a different way. And even myself, okay, I've been married now to my husband. We got married in 2008. Mm-hmm. And I was a financial advisor, of course, when we got married. But he pays all the bills. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, here I am, somebody who knows better. I have no idea what I will do when he passes away. If he, if he, and chances are he will, number one, Mm -hmm. because of our age difference. Mm -hmm. And number two, because of his cancer. Right. And I'm thinking if I will have no clue. Now he has been putting things in a file so I will know what to do. But really what I should be doing is taking over some of these bills right now. Right. You're right (laughs) on, girl. But I'm not. (laughs) So, you know, even as younger, and I'm not that young, but I'm 55, even as younger ones, we, if the man wants to pay the bills, let him. You know, that's one thing I don't have to deal with. But then we find ourselves in a mess later. Yeah. Yeah, uh, making oops, making that transition really is. Uh, sorry about that. Um, is a it's it's a delicate area to walk for most couples. You know, when do you actually step up and become a more aware person or take on the acts of writing checks where you used to? And even when you, you might even do it different. You may use a service. You may set up automatic billing. You may, you're going to do it so much differently. But, you know, it's going to be an adjustment if you don't take earlier steps. Now, we are going to go to a short break Kathy. And when we come back, we're going to talk more. And I want to talk about your podcast and what's to offer our women there. Because I can just tell from our conversation, there's so much. It's a fountain, (laughs) a fountain, a fountain. So we're going to take this short break. We will be back. So don't you go anywhere, my dear sweet listeners, because I want you to hear it all. Okay. We'll be back shortly. 
Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's words you never heard. We have a book titled The Art of Doing Nothing by Veronica Vien in our guest room by the bed. I'm telling you, this book is an impossible challenge. In the state of Maine, it's said that someone who bottoms chairs for a living is lazy, presumably because one's bottom is perpetually in the chair. To sozzle means to laze around or perform a task in a sloppy way. The word is mainly found in New England. A quote from 1848 describes the term as used by housekeepers in certain parts of Connecticut to refer to a lazy person. Other words for lazy people are abbey lubbers, scabberlatchers, and slaughter pooches. To me, the ultimate love lolly is someone who is too lazy to even think like they're working. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford. The author of Effortless Happiness continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are having the most wonderful conversation with Kathy Klein. And let me tell you, her topic is Medicare, the maze of Medicare. We could, you could coin that phrase if you like that, Kathy. <laughs> it is a maze. I know because I've been swimming that path or trying to for several years. And so, Kathy, you know, we have talked so much in the beginning of the importance of, of a good financial advisor, and you've made your transition into Medicare. But you have a fabulous tool which my listeners can go to that's going to help them uh, progress through. You have a course. And tell them again about that course and how to go to it. Well, it's a free course, so mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about paying for it. And I created it because there was a lot of confusion about the difference between Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement. Yes. And I wanted to make sure that my clients understood the differences before I brought them, you know, before I made them my client. Because yeah. I want an easy life. I don't want a lot of people uh, upset because they bought the wrong thing. They didn't understand it, whatever. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to make sure that I record all this and then people can watch it at their own leisure. They don't have to worry about being sold something. And then I'll have some of the um, insurance companies take a look at it to see if it's biased. 
And yeah. so I had a couple of them look at it. Everybody said, no, this is not biased. It explains it, blah, blah, blah. So then um, after a little while, I released it really to the public instead of just people that I was working with one-on-one. Yeah. But if you go to medicarequick.com slash class, that should take you to the, the um, class, you know, the course basically. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll move it onto different platforms. So that's called a pretty link. So you probably won't be able to find it by searching my website. Just go to medicarequick.com slash class. Okay. And if you ever have any trouble finding it, just shoot me an email and I'll, I'll send you a, a, a link you can click yeah. on. And your information is on your website, right? Right. It's or on my, how they my website. Mm-hmm. Medicarequick.com. Okay. You would just hit the contact us button. Okay. So your website is uh, HTTP colon slash slash rockyourretirement.com. And that's the, that's the podcast. Oh, that's podcast. Oh, okay. We need yeah, to get the Rock Your Retirement is the podcast. The Medicare Quick is about Medicare. <gasps> Got it. Okay. All right. So tell us about that podcast. Why did you decide you need to go into the podcast world? Well, over <laughs> time, I have been really thinking about retirement. You know, what's, what's my life going to look like when I retire? And honestly, financially, I could retire. I, I could have retired a while ago. Yeah. Um, but there's something about retirement that scares me. Hmm. And so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create a podcast about everything else except money that has hmm. to do with retirement. And that's how the Rocky Retirement Show was born. Um, I, I started it as an interview show and I would interview anybody who had a topic about money. So I interviewed people who worked in assisted living communities, Mm -hmm. people who, um, talked with people about scams. You know, a lot of older people are scammed. I talked to coaches who helped people, um, maintain their marriages coaches who helped people after they got a divorce Mm -hmm. you know I I interviewed a lot of different people and then again same kind of thing I was reevaluating my life after I moved to South Carolina and I said I don't want to do this anymore you know I've had the podcast started in 2016 Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to do a weekly show anymore. I'm like, this is getting to be too much. I've, Ah. you know, you can tell that a year ago I was really under a lot of pressure. So, Uh you know, I basically retired from financial planning and at the same time, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this show weekly anymore. And I put Mm -hmm. that out there. I put a notice out to my, to my listeners and I got so much response, Kathy, we don't want you to retire. We want you to still do the podcast. We love the show, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so I, and I had to send out an email. I, I wasn't saying I wasn't going to do the show. I just wasn't going to do it weekly. I, it was mm-hmm. going to be sporadic just whenever I felt like doing it. <laughs> oh, really? That was, that was my mind, you know, it's yes. going to be sporadic whenever I feel like it. Well, 
because so many people reached out to me. And you're a podcaster. You know that being a podcaster is kind of lonely, you know, because people listen, but they don't necessarily reach out to you. Yes. It's not like being on YouTube where they can just say a comment because Mm -hmm. most people who listen to podcasts, they are not at the computer while they're listening. They're driving their car. They're walking their dog. They're at the gym. So even if they think that they want to reach out to you, they will forget by the time they get home. I I mean, and I, I, I do the same thing. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have good intentions, but do I reach out? No, usually I don't Mm -hmm. for the same reason. Nobody reaches out to me. But anyway, I had so many people reach out to me. I thought, well, how can I pivot this show? How can I change it to where it works for me and it works for somebody, you know, the people who want to listen? Right. And I came up with this idea. And the idea was because I still have not retired. Mm. I want to follow the life of somebody who's getting ready to retire through the pre-announcement to mm. the aftermath. And that is what we changed the show to. So, so now we are following... Um, her name is Barbara Mock, uh-huh. and we followed her from before she made the announcement. She's she's actually retiring at the end of next month in March, uh-huh. and we will follow her hopefully for a, six months or maybe more after her retirement. So we get together once a month. We talk about what's going on. We talk about what she's been doing, uh-huh. and that is – so it's kind of a series now. Versus mm-hmm. before, you could really want to listen in any order. But yes. really now I want people to listen. If they're listening to that series, I really want them to listen from the beginning. So tell me about this lady. Is she, she's been a professional and now she's making that retirement into that? Is that what you're, is that the, the setup for this lady? Yep. She's a professional. She um, works for... Uh, a government entity uh-huh. and she had a like I don't know over a hundred people working for her so she was a manager uh, yes mm-hmm. and yeah. usually the people that have a hard time retiring are people who have had those kind of high power yeah. positions leadership yep exactly and yeah. so we're following and and seeing seeing how it goes and she's telling us she's she's being real with her feelings. Mm-hmm. There has been some things going on with her husband. She's real with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a very, I, I am thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, I, when I reflected over, I've never, I've been doing this for seven years and I get so much pleasure out of meeting people, connecting with people, uh, that it's never crossed my mind to what you might call retire from podcasting. (laughs) Right. I mean, it is a fabulous outlet for me. I mean, I like the fact that now I know Kathy Klein and I like Kathy Klein and she's got great ideas and, and, and she serves a purpose. And so I love being connected with the people like that and bringing it to the listening audience. It really feeds my soul. So I don't think I'm ever going to retire. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to because that's the type of show that yeah. you've had, you know, but yeah. for me, I was getting a lot of the same top, like people that were reaching out to me. Right. 
it was the same information. Like there wasn't new information. I felt like I was rehashing the uh, same thing. Over repeat, and over. repeat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what I'm doing now, it's all fresh. Mm-hmm. It's all new. Well, you are serving two now audiences, the investor and the uh, Medicare person, right? Don't do I, did I hear that right? For, for Rocky retirement? No, my, no. my, um, the, the, my the target podcast. audience. Yeah. The podcast Really, who I was targeting was a 62-year-old woman, um, okay. and sort of I created this avatar, this person who mm-hmm. the show was targeted at. So yes. it was a 62-year-old woman yes. with two children and at least one grandchild. That was really who I was targeting. And, okay. of course, now I have a lot of men that, that listen to the show as well. Oh, I bet. Because but Medicare is a problem for everybody, male well, or female. I don't talk about Medicare on the show. I, God, I'm getting confused here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about money or insurance on the show. We just talk about oh. lifestyle. So so let me break it down for you so that it makes it a little bit easier to understand. The, Thank you. So the Rock Your Retirement Show talks about everything you need to know besides money, besides money and finance. So we have what I call the six pillars of retirement lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And those are your spiritual, yeah. your, what I call your purpose in life, which would be your volunteer or work or whatever your purpose, you know, for you, the purpose would be this podcast. It sounds like mm-hmm. your significant other, if you have one, your family, your friendships and your health. Those to me are those six pillars of retirement lifestyle that the show was based on. Mm-hmm. And so Really, what we try to do is help people with those six pillars. Right. Yeah. So for yours, you're a you're a coach, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. where in those six pillars would you say that you spend the majority of your coaching? Um, uh, purpose. Actually, they're very similar to yours. When you coach, don't you coach the entire person? And so it can go gambit. It can go anywhere. And many of these are the same topics I would talk about with a client because they affect her. They exactly. change her. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I'm not a coach. That's right. But, you know, I'm not a coach, but I would think that my pillars would be something that coaches would talk about. But you could easily change. You could add coach to your touch. Well, I have, I have the baby. to do some of the same things. Well, the coach, sort of the only area where I coach is I have the, a journal that I sell on Amazon called yes. the Baby Boomers 30-Day Journal. And it allows people to pick goals and to track in those six pillars. Very good. Yeah, that's but, good to know. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'll leave the coaching to you. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But yeah, so that's that's really why I started the podcast, and yeah. the podcast has almost three hundred thousand uh, at this point. Not per yeah. month, no, no, no. This that's total. Yeah, I would say in a month I probably get about fifteen thousand downloads, probably in a yeah. month. Cool, fourteen to fifteen thousand. Yeah. Um, so how do you deliver big, your podcast? My podcast is on all of the podcast catchers like um, Apple, 
podcast, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Yeah. It's really, and then people, if they don't want to listen on their phone, they can go to my website and they can click play, you know, on the, yeah. on the most recent podcast. But the majority of people probably, it's, it's probably still between uh, Apple Podcasts. Spotify is really catching up. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, I think that's how Barbara found me okay. was on Spotify. I believe that's how she found the podcast. You know, she did a search. Mm-hmm. What about you? How do, how do people access your? Uh, right now, I go through TogiNet, which is a, but they do also from TogiNet, which is a local business here in Tyler. Then it's it's on all of those providers. It's okay, so know, the same iTunes, thing. Spotify. They, they find all- it. So mm-hmm. TogiNet helps you produce it. Yeah, I'm an I'm an indie podcast. Like I, we don't we don't have anybody that produce. We just hit record and then my husband does the editing and then we 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 use a, a hosting service. Yep, yep. And then they, but yeah, most people I would say get their podcasts that way. on their phone. Yeah, yeah, on their phone. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, because you always have your phone with you. Uh-huh. Or your car. And people are always driving. That's true. Well, I'm not so amazed. much anymore. <laughs> yes. I drive to the grocery store. That's pretty exciting every week. <laughs> I'm doing it multiple times just to see people. I know. <laughs> I live in Texas. You know, well, we're, you're seeing we're kind of rebels. Than, you're you're seeing more people than me. I I go. First, I order it online. I go and they they deliver it to my trunk. I never actually see anybody. I live a very lonely life now, Joyce. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I could never do that. I'm not, well, that's I my wanna, social outing. I know. My, you know, I want to keep my husband safe. So oh, I'm way I, I down agree. on the list of COVID vaccines. So I just yes. don't want to wind up. I know so many people that have gotten COVID. And I just don't want to be someone that passes it to my husband. I, your situation is totally understandable. Yes. I am going, just to announce to the world, I am going for my second shot today. Congratulations. Um, I know. Uh, you know, the most frustrating thing for everybody in this shot business was just getting on a list. Where's the list? Just put oh. me on a list. You know, and and I know many friends that can't find the list. And so, although I think we've progressed a lot in that that situation of finding and doing the shots, and I think it's only going to improve, but uh, it has been a challenge. So has, well, has your husband received his shots? Yep, he's gotten both. Good, good. So I feel a lot more you know, I feel a lot more comfortable now knowing that he's gotten his, but you know, the the COVID vaccinations don't prevent you from getting COVID. They just help you survive if you do get it. Right. You still have to wear that mask. Exactly. And you still have to, you still, I I hope that someday we can go back to giving people hugs. I miss that (laughs) so much. I know. I miss it. I miss that, that, that face to face communication and you know zoom calls they just they help a little but they don't replace it I I agree I agree where would we be without zoom but uh yeah there's nothing like you know actually being able to reach out and touch that person 
I know. You know, kind of nuts. Kind of nuts. Hopefully, so, it'll go back someday to some somewhat what we think of as normal. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Now, where you are, how much of a lockdown are you? Ex- well, you personally put yourself into lockdown. But yeah. is the state as locked down as you? Well, the state isn't because I'm in South Carolina. Right. So if I still lived in California, it would be much more locked down. But yes. California has a much denser population. Yes. So I live in a 55 and above community. Ah, and okay. many of our programs are shut down. You know, yes. we have like we have an annual outdoor flea market because mm-hmm. we're we're not allowed to have garage sales where we live. You know, we have yeah. to wait for the flea market thing. I that see. we just received notification yesterday it's canceled. And that's an outdoor event. Yes. So yeah. there are many things, many reasons why people move into these beautiful 55 and older communities. Mm-hmm. that just aren't really viable during COVID. Right. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I see. Um, so as you go forward, let me just, before we must sum up our program today, how do you see, after you complete working with that um, leader who is going, who is in the process of retiring, how will you progress? I mean, how how long do you follow this lady into how far into her future? Well, that really depends on Barbara. Mm. And and I have been thinking of what we're going to do when her, you know, when her trek is over. Because yeah. I don't know that she's willing to continue forever with the show. <laughs> I, I, I just don't know. But I'm having for her. life. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> I don't think she yeah. signed up for a lifetime commitment. Yes. Um, however, I have been thinking about if she does want to retire from the show after six months or however after she retires, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of other, there, there are other people that I could do the same thing with that I could retire because her path isn't necessarily the path that everybody would take. You know, she's, yeah, right. she's, saved, she's saved money. Mm-hmm. I would like to follow somebody's path who hasn't saved enough money. That would be and good. see what they do. And then someday I'll follow my own path. Right. And awesome. because someday I, I will retire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not from podcasting, but because um, yeah, I do enjoy it. I'm like you. I enjoy the podcasting. I don't make yes. money from it. Right. Um, we just had our, we just had somebody reach out to us and offer to sponsor the show. Awesome. But, well, instead of letting them sponsor the show, though, oh. I've, I've changed. <laughs> I don't want to accept money because it wouldn't be enough money to really make it worth the, the accounting mm-hmm. hassle. Mm-hmm. And so I offered them, instead of sponsoring the show, to create a segment, a five to ten minute segment, so that I can break the show into two halves. Just like you had a, a commercial break between mm-hmm. these two halves. Right. I would like to have... Not necessarily at this time a commercial break, but a segment. Mm-hmm. To so we're having a health segment now, starting with the next episode. Great. So, so yeah. somebody's coming in doing a little health three-minute yeah. thing, and then you'll go back to your show. Exactly. So awesome. that's 
that's what we're doing. And we may have other segments. I mean, in the future, I may have a financial segment or, you know, different segments like what to do, you know, like a segment about your relatives who might need help taking the keys away, that kind of thing. Oh, um, tough days. <laughs> oh, what a memory you have just brought up to me. But you know what I'm saying? Some of these things yeah. are important. Tough. Yes, and they are. The, the lack of people that do not confront taking away the keys from their parents is baffling to me because it just opens you up for lawsuits. Well, let me tell you, my dad... When mm-hmm. the last time I drove with him, I, you know, my dad had this, uh, one of the conditions that he had made it to where he had to use his fingers to open his eyes. His eyes would shut and they would. Oh, oh and bliss. he was still driving. And I mm-hmm. said to him, I said, I'm not driving with you. Mm-hmm. I yeah. said, you, you, he's like, well, why not? I said, you can't open your eyes. <laughs> yeah. oh. And so shortly, but you know, during that time period when he couldn't open his eyes, the no. doctors never wrote the note saying he couldn't drive. I know. He had to voluntarily stop driving, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Right. Uh, but I've even seen people go in to get their driver's license and they pass them. Why? Like, whoa. Some of these people are dangerous. They are. And I I get it. I understand why. I get it. Because you want your independence. When they take away your car, they, but here's the thing you and I will live to see the day when there are cars that drive themselves. Yeah. Can we then? And then when that day comes, people mm-hmm. will be able to maintain their independence. That would be great. Yeah, but there's a long, that's a long time coming. I don't know. I don't know. Not, okay. uh, I don't think it's as far away as we think because they have self-driving cars now. Oh. And they were testing them in the villages. You know, that giant 55 and older community in Florida. Oh, that, no, I didn't, didn't know that. Yeah, if you do a Google search, self-driving car villages, you'll mm-hmm. see some articles about how they're testing them there. And basically, the villages is this community that has like 135,000 people Whoa. that live there, all yeah. 55 and older. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but yeah, but I'm looking forward to that day. <laughs> I hope I'm still here when it happens. You know, <laughs> I'll be getting one of those cars or my children will just to get me off. <laughs> They're like, mom, it's Guess time what? to take away the keys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was not a happy day for my mother. She no, was a fighter. I came from I, fighter to fighter. What did she say? How did you deal with that? Uh, well, I just kind of said I took her. I took her to the doctor and I said, you have to tell my mother she cannot drive. And he did, and she quit him immediately. Oh, she, <laughs> she fired him? She fired him. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. No. My mother lived to be 99. Wow. And so I have a lot of years left to go, go, go. And uh, But she was, a per- she was a queen, really special. So anyway, we are coming to the end of an hour that I knew would be fabulous. And I am so thankful, Kathy that you and I connected because this has been fun. 
It was fun. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just hope that you keep doing what you're doing because you're doing such good work for so many people in transition. Um, I just think you're awesome, lady. Well, thank you. And that's what the Rocky Retirement Show is about. Yes. It's the transition from working into retirement. So, you know, for your listeners, I hope that if, if this applies to anybody, that you check out the show, Rocky Retirement. Yes, Rocky Retirement. No, no, Rock Your Retirement. <laughs> I, know, I know my voice makes it sound like I can't pronounce my own show because my, um, my phone, whenever I say to pull it up, it does the same thing. It's Rock Your Retirement. I got it. <laughs> go to that. And go listen. I think you'll enjoy Kathy just by herself without being in the law. And uh, it will be a wonderful, wonderful educational hour for you be you so anyway thank you for being here kathy great show thank you thank you i appreciate it i'm going to keep checking you out just in case (laughs) anytime yes 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 yes. we may do another show together so anyway i hope that you listeners will take the time to go to rock your retirement listen to that podcast uh, and get some education going forward. Have a great week. At the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.